Hello, my name is Herb Gray. I'm a member of the Ambassadors Forum and Apologetics Ministry of Southwest Hills Baptist Church in Beaverton, whose mission it is to equip Christians to make God known as He is. Welcome to another edition of the Ambassadors Forum weekly radio program. We'd like to say thank you to KPDQ 800 AM, True Talk Radio for making this possible every Saturday at 9.30 in the morning. I would encourage you to check out the Ambassadors Forum website, which is theambassadorsforum.com for more information about who we are and what we do. As I indicated, my name is Herb Gray. I'm a founding member of the Ambassadors Forum. And I'm joined today by my son, Joel, a 2016 graduate of George Fox University and a scholar in his own right about many of the things that we're going to be talking about. This is the second in a series of conversations that we're having about critical race theory. And last week, we focused our attention on the continuing influence of Joseph Stalin and Marxist principles in today's critical theory conversations. Today, we're going to build on that and tie it in with the response to what seems to be an overwhelming CRT influence in our culture. So today, we're going to focus our attention on the anti-CRT bills that are now being introduced around various parts of the country. And we'll talk about why that is and where that comes from and how that relates to what we were talking about last week. So, Joel, as we get into this conversation, we talked a lot about Marxist influence last week on CRT. So why is it, first of all, so ubiquitous in our culture? And secondly, why is it that there seems to be an increasing backlash against that? Well, I think the reason it's so ubiquitous is because Marxism tells in some ways a very simple story and a very appealing story, which is there's this group of people, they're the ones stopping you from having a better life, and all that you need to move past that is to think the right things and to remove those people from the equation, and everyone will be better off, everyone will be more equal, everyone will be more happy. What do you mean by removing other people from the equation? Well, it depends a little bit what socialist or Marxist you're talking to. For the Soviets, it frequently meant killing them. Other socialist thinkers have more tended towards just thinking they would disappear and be irrelevant rather than them actually needing to be eliminated. But at a minimum, you need to sideline them and remove them from power. So in today's culture, how does that manifest itself? Because obviously people are not being killed or imprisoned uh, in the United States. So I think you can see a bit of this in some of the cancel culture discussions. And then you can also see it in a lot of these discussions about wanting to just tax the rich more. Uh, Of course, that's never a very defined group. It's usually slightly higher than the wealth of whichever reporter is writing the article, also in movements to delegitimize the success and conduct of business owners. Okay, so we have this cancel culture thing going on. 
if it's really a simple and appealing message, then I would think that everybody would be on board with that, right? I think it depends heavily what say the equation you're on and, you know, your base morality. It is appealing because it's simple, but that also means that if you know a more accurate or full side of the story, it can also be very alienating and very off-putting, but it relies upon most people to not know the rest of the story and to just accept the baseline assumption that, oh, you know, X group is evil or they're preventing you from happiness. So when you talk about something being off-putting, I mean, there's a lot of conversation today about how our something is polarized and divided and so on. Is that part of this off-putting that you're describing? Yeah, I think that's definitely an element of it. And I think you especially see it in some of the anger that's starting to come. Like, for example, you saw a little bit after the famous you didn't build that incident under President Obama. And you see a variety of other business owners you know, saying, no, I did build this. I did contribute in these ways. And then as far as the CRT goes, you see it in a lot of these board meetings, which have been getting pretty heated and have, you know, really been full of parents who are trying to determine what is taught in their children's schools. So where else does it show up besides in schools? CRT or the this anger and backlash? I think probably both is what I'm thinking of. I think CRT is really one of the most common ways it's showing up now is in just basic discussions about laws. There's a lot of discussion about essentially any disparity by race being the product of discrimination. That's really a a sort of a core CRT belief. And it's starting to influence policy both in people advocating for getting rid of policies that have some sort of different impact on different groups and in politicians pushing for new policies that they say will correct these differences. In my own professional capacity, I've heard more and more about people losing their jobs or being marginalized at their places of work if they don't necessarily buy in with whatever the prevailing orthodoxy is. Is that also part of the same thing? I think some of it is, some of it's a related issue, which is, it's called diversity, equity, and inclusion, which often uses ideas out of CRT, but is also, it's made more corporate, and it's made to be able to sell, and that's where a lot of that's coming from, is people who've packaged that if you teach their class Either you'll get rid of bad thoughts or, more importantly to a lot of the businesses, you'll protect yourself if you're sued. So you see those as related but separate things? Yes, I think they're very closely related, but they do maintain separation, I think. So one of the things that we wanted to talk about and get into was sort of the anti-CRT legislation that's cropping up in many parts of the country. First of all, kind of what's that directed at? And secondly, do you have an idea about what's motivating it? 
So it's a little hard to talk about what it's directed at because I believe there are 20 some bills and they're all at least a little different from each other. But generally what I'd say is pretty much all of them are focused on barring the teaching of certain, many of the bills call them divisive concepts to children in primary and secondary schools. Some of them extend this to colleges as well, and some of them attempt to ban CRT as a whole rather than focusing on certain ideas, but that's the general thrust of them. But they're all basically related to the education system in some way? Yes, as far as I'm aware, none have extended beyond education at this point. And can you be more detailed about sort of what form these types of bills take? It really does vary a lot. For example, Idaho's is fairly limited. It lists several divisive concepts that cannot be taught as truth. They can be taught in an instructional manner, but they can't be taught as accurate. These include things like you bear responsibility for what someone else of the same race did, or you're privileged because of your race, or one of the big ones that has gotten very little discussion, honestly, has been almost all the bills specifically ban saying that someone is superior or inferior because of their race, and especially teaching that. So it sounds to me like this is all attempted regulation of the content of speech presented in school curricula. Is that a fair statement? Yes. So as a lawyer, one of the things that gets my attention is that constitutionally it's suspect to try and regulate government speech or content on the basis of its content. That has been a major problem, especially with the bills that extend to colleges, because some of them do attempt to restrict what's being taught by professors in colleges who enjoy probably the broadest free speech rights of government teachers. And yeah, it has caused, among others, David French wrote an article basically saying they're just entirely the wrong idea and that they're almost certainly all going to be struck down. And the president of FIRE, the Foundation for Individual Rights and Education, wrote an article saying, I understand why these exist, and I think some of them may pass the constitutional muster, but I don't think they're a good idea, and some of them are clearly unconstitutional. So I would assume that some of the sentiment that these may be constitutionally suspect would be based on the principle that if we start regulating content by judicial fiat, that some of that same jurisprudence could be applied to say, well, nobody can teach principles of Christianity. Yeah, that's definitely the biggest concern. And there's a fine line that some of the bills try to walk between saying you can teach this as a concept, like... Most of the bills, for example, at least in theory, would allow you to teach the idea of white privilege 
and explain what it means academically and how it's used, but would bar you as a teacher from saying you as a white student have privilege. So I would think that this is a pretty fuzzy line to make those kinds of distinctions. It is um, pretty difficult. Idaho's bill is one of the clearest ones. I think if any of them have a chance, it does, because it really does specifically limit, probably honestly already federally illegal, because of the Civil Rights Act, like telling students that they're inferior or, in other ways, dividing them or targeting them because of race. But many of the others, it's very fuzzy. And a big concern is that even if content wouldn't violate the bans, teachers won't understand that and will stop teaching and try to stay far back from the line so that they don't get in trouble. So in other words, it could chill some legitimate speech in an effort to regulate what some people would consider illegitimate speech. Exactly. So if I can summarize here, what we're talking about is there may be questions constitutionally about some of these bills. And secondly, these bills may run afoul of constitutional and statutory prohibitions on alleged discrimination on the basis of race and other protected classes. Is that a fair summary? I think they're probably fine statutorily. I don't think any of the bills really limit. I don't think they'd fall afoul of civil rights laws. I think, if anything, the CRT lessons, some of the ones that are actually being taught could have problems with the civil rights bill. But yes, they have extreme constitutional issues. So you've talked about Idaho. Where else are these kinds of measures being discussed? As I said, it's quite a variety of states. North Carolina has a bill Florida has a bill, looking real quick, it's a variety of states, it's mostly, you know, what would we traditionally consider conservative states, but as you see, Idaho, Utah, Arizona, South Dakota, Oklahoma, Texas, Louisiana, Arkansas, Missouri, Iowa, Wisconsin, Michigan, Kentucky, Tennessee, South Carolina, North Carolina, West Virginia, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Rhode Island, New Hampshire, and Maine. So I know there's been a lot of news uh, in recent months about this controversy in Loudoun County, Virginia, in the schools there. Is there any legislation pending in Virginia, or is that pretty much just a local scuffle? I'm not sure I'd call it a local scuffle, because it's very much involved in the national discussion, and it's happening in a, a variety of places. But no, it's not based on one of these bills. That issue is based on parents going to the school board meetings and discussing what they think should or shouldn't be taught. So is our parents behind a lot of this legislation or is it coming from somewhere else? Well, the original person who started pushing for it is a fellow at the Manhattan Institute named Christopher Rufo. He started to look into CRT and a lot of these racial trainings that were happening in schools. And I guess the charitable version is that he was really disgusted with them and started advocating against him. The less charitable version is some people say is that he's just trying to 
use this for culture war points and to help Republicans be elected. In other words, these critics are attributing this to political stuff rather than perhaps matters of principle. Correct. Okay. So in our last program, we were talking about how Marxist ideology really infuses a lot of what's going on with CRT. Um, do you see these kinds of bills being somehow a, a response to people's concern about Marxist ideology, or is it coming from somewhere else? I think it's partially that, partially people are just horrified to learn what some of their kids have been taught, and a not insignificant amount has been actually the parents of minority children who are worried that this will either blow back on their children or that their children will actually be taught that in some way you know, they're inferior, they can't succeed, which you can certainly understand why a parent would not want that to be a lesson their child was taught. Can you be a little more definitive about that? Because I'm having a little trouble understanding why something that purports to help minorities would be perceived as something disadvantageous. Well, the concern amongst admittedly only certain people you know, we don't want to make it sound as if it's everyone, but the concern is that basically a lot of the CRT is that saying, well, all the laws are slanted against you, you know, there's systemic racism that you can't overcome as an individual, and that all of your classmates are privileged in a way that you can never be, and some of the parents who have raised these concerns are that they're basically worried that their children are being told, you know, well, you can't succeed anyways. You know, all these other people are just going to stop you from succeeding and that they're worried it'll really just demotivate their children and make them feel lesser. I see. So there's a little bit of complexity to this, it sounds like. Definitely. I think most of the people who've advocated for them, I think, do you know, ultimately have good intentions, but I think there are a lot of potential side effects that people haven't necessarily thought of. So in the last couple of minutes we have here, I would assume this would provoke discussions about whether people want to pull their kids out of public schools or, you know, figure out other educational options. Is that part of the conversation with this? I've heard it come up occasionally, but honestly, uh, with the state of school choice, so many parents just don't really have the financial capability of doing that, that I think they feel like they either need to make sure the government schools teach the right thing or that they, the state legislatures to, you know, force the correct teaching and because they well, don't feel they have another option. So I would assume from that that there are a lot of people who kind of feel trapped if they can't do something about this teaching that you're talking about. And that would 
tend to cause some problems in terms of people's support for the public schools. I do think a lot of people feel trapped, and it's not helped that recently a couple teachers or teachers' organizations have been caught telling kids not to tell their parents what they're being taught on these issues. Which is that is, really happening? Yes, because now, to be charitable, you could say there's a lot of controversy about this, that the teachers are worried there will be unfair backlash, but... I personally, I don't think it's ever appropriate to tell a kid they should not be communicating what they're being taught to their parents. So what that sounds like to me as we kind of wrap up here is there's a question about who's ultimately in charge of educating kids, whether the parents ought to have some input in that or whether it's strictly a government prerogative. I think that is a really important element, and I think it also tying it back into a bit of what we discussed last week and the the Stalin book brings up a lot of issues of people feeling like the only way to protect their children or themselves is actually to limit what they hear, what ideas they come into contact with. And that would be really be my plea to parents is if you're worried, stay engaged with the curriculum, figure out what your kid's being taught Teach them the things you think are really important. Teach them, you know, biblical lessons about race and give them alternate ideas. But that ultimately just restricting your children from hearing an idea isn't going to protect them and really might harm them in addition to any of the potential constitutional issues which we've discussed. So do you have any parting thoughts? Do you want to leave with everyone here today? You know, I think I just really want to hit home again with there's a lot of misinformation from all sides out there. And, you know, just you need to do your best to find out what's correct and just, you know, really focus on honesty and truth because I know the impulse is always there to lie or exaggerate to get your point across. But ultimately, we see from Jesus, from the Bible, from Martin Luther King, that the truth is incredibly powerful. And while it may not be the fastest route to success, it's the most durable and the most biblical. Well, it sounds like we've got more to talk about in our next program, but we need to wrap up now, so... I'd just like to thank you, Joel, for your perspectives on this. I think there's some really helpful insights there. And I just want to thank the listeners for joining us on KPDQ 800 AM, True Talk Radio. And I'd encourage everyone to continue tuning in at the same time on Saturday mornings at 9.30 AM. Again, if you want to know more about the ministry of the Ambassadors Forum, check out our website, theambassadorsforum.com. And in addition to this radio program, we also have monthly Friday forums. And the next one will be on August 20th, and it will be talking about genocide in the Old Testament. We also have our annual conference coming up on October 8 to 9, which is a Friday night and Saturday. Again, go to the website to get more information about that. We hope that this program has helped you to be better equipped to know God as he is a little better 
And on behalf of the Ambassadors Forum, this is Herb Gray and Joel Gray signing off. Thank you again. Thank you.